welcome to the very first edition of the Social Wave Project broadcast. My name is Sarah Francis, or Sez, as everyone likes to call me, and I am doing a very special podcast called the Social Wave Project, where we talk about all different topics and relevant um, submissions involving different diversities and communities. And we're going to talk about each topic once a month, covering of relevant stuff and just uh, interesting topics and just see how we go from there. I know it's not a perfect introduction, but I will work on it at a late date at some point. But for the very first one, it's just like one of those things. Nothing's perfect, really, to be honest. But um, I am thrilled to announce that the my very first guest of the Social Wave Project is the one and only Miss Victoria Ellen of Actually Asking Victoria. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited to be on the podcast. And it was such an honour to have you there as well. And um, before we actually get started, I just wanted to like say, but Victoria has recently been nominated for the Natural Diversity Awards of 2021 in the Positive Role Model category. And you said earlier that um, you um, found out yesterday. Yeah, the voting opened yesterday and I got an email just to say you'd been nominated. So it's amazing. <laughs> it was definitely a big step, really, just to see from um, you finding out for uh, when it's going to actually continue with that. I know it doesn't make any sense, but it's just such a massive shock. And I know that you deserve it, Victoria. And um, if you want to go and vote, um, Victoria, for the National Diversity Award, you can do on their website or the link via Victoria's Instagram story. And when do the submissions close Victoria? I'm not actually sure I think it's the middle of May. Okay brilliant that's a very perfect timing I know I'll put in the description box down below in my YouTube channel when submissions will close but yeah it's definitely a very exciting moment for the autism community and I'm sure you'll do very very well and guys vote for Victoria she's amazing vote for her. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah so moving aside from that our very first topic for the podcast is something that some people find a little bit controversial but it's something that Victoria's really passionate about and I thought it was really interesting just to actually dive into the topic and like I said this is uh, Victoria's favorite subject and of course if anyone is going through it at the teenage days, it's about sex education and puberty and talking about the reality of it within the autism community and just like a little things from fact and fictional, really, because a lot of people within the autism community struggle to go through puberty and to ask themselves how is sex education in schools inclusive and if not why and so I will probably wouldn't like uh, say a a lot more about it because I know I I'm very bad and I only did a tiny bit of research (laughs) but I know Victoria is the true expert here so I'm going to leave most of it down to Victoria and I'm going to ask like a few questions and also I'll jump in whenever I can and then yeah so Victoria what made you start thinking about sex education and pubic to raise awareness as a topic um it was during my master's degree I was having a discussion with my supervisor about possible research ideas 
And he just said, oh, we could look at this. And I thought, hmm, I wasn't sure at first, but as I'd gone through it myself and I had like the lived experience, I thought, yeah, go on, I'll do it. Because these kind of things used to make me really uncomfortable. But doing the research and talking to other people, I found that it was actually really, really interesting. And it's one of those things that people find embarrassing and sometimes uncomfortable to talk about. So I'm just here being really open and honest and trying to start that conversation with people. So that is really where it first started through my university. And then it's also interesting that you said a lot of people find uncomfortable because um, everyone knows or has been through the teenager stage. It's a little bit complicated and everyone finds it very embarrassing when uh, they talk here about like certain stuff. And a lot of people want to keep um, their things private because uh, they they just uh, feel like they don't want to talk about it because either they'll be ashamed of themselves or they will be very embarrassed to write in public or if they're talking to loved ones or who they trust and it's something that uh, it, it's relatable and it's understandable but when you learned it in your master's degree what did you find based on the research and some of the questionnaires did you do them for your degree? There's not actually that much research out there about kind of going through puberty so I didn't really have much to to go off but I interviewed women um, and people who were assigned female at birth. So I, I interviewed people and I asked them about their experiences. And it was more about kind of physical growth and sensory sensitivities and things like that. Um, but it's really interesting to just speak to autistic people. And there was loads of things that I found relatable and things that I thought that, ah, oh, so other people do experience this, you know, it's just nice to hear from other people. It, 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 it is nice to hear from like certain amount of people. And um, speaking of your past experiences outside of your, your degree, I did like uh, some little bit of uh, cheeky research because I know that in your blog, you did an interview this year with, oh goodness, Asperger's Growth, Thomas. Yeah, and I, I found it quite interesting because on your blog post, you both talked about puberty, both in a girl's and a boy's point of view. And I found out you two had very similar experiences. And it was really interesting to see how the transitions for you were awkward, especially in Thomas's point of view. But do you always find that do boys find it a bit more awkward or girls all a little bit of a mixture I'm not entirely sure because my research was focused on women but from what Tom has said I think boys do find it just as awkward I think that women and myself particularly I found it difficult but I masked everything going through puberty though because I did as well and um, it, it's very hard to like believe really because when you like mask um, when when you feel like you feel uncomfortable about a certain situations things like I'm gonna go jump straight into the classroom really because I don't know if it's made easier over the years really but 
when you start learning about puberty, you go through these awkward uh, transitions about what happens during puberty and what happens when uh, two people do, you know what? <laughs> I know I won't say anything because it would make gay people super uncomfortable, but it's just like that. And then what happens if you um, go through things like STDs or STIs or going through the awkward stages and unplanned pregnancies and all of that. And speaking of like the past, especially through our experiences, because we had like a different education compared to now, what was it like for you when you first started sex education, Victoria? I don't honestly remember. I only remember bits and pieces, but I, I, I hated sex education classes and I masked all the way through. We'd be told all this information and it just I just didn't understand it. But I just sat there and nodded and played along with it. But I remember like the language that the teachers used they used to tell us these stories and they'd give like characters like really like Sammy Sperm and Emma Egg and they'd tell you a beautiful little story about how things happened and it was embarrassing and because they did it that way I didn't really understand fully what they were talking about. I wish they'd have just given me like the science of it so I could actually get my head around it rather than a story. <laughs> well, that's really interesting though, because I had like a different experience really. And um, the different experience that I could remember, I didn't really start sex education in my primary school until I was in year five. And um, it, it got like a little bit like strange really, because you have to watch videos where there's two cartoons and boys and girls will be separated into different rooms. Like I remember like in my class, boys would go to um, learn about sex ed with the headmaster while the girls have just stayed in the classroom with their main tutor. And it was really interesting because we just like saw stuff about like how babies are made through like cartoons. And we actually had to watch, this has got me for life. We uh, had to watch like real life footage of a woman giving birth. And I'm not kidding. That was just so, so like gruesome. And, and I mean, I can't really imagine what it would be like when you're giving birth. It must be very painful. But like watching a woman giving birth really um in like different stages you just think how is this appropriate for a 10 to 11 year old girl like it's just like so bad <laughs> I actually think and I can't remember if it, it must have been high school I actually think I might have seen a similar video and just been really shocked that, that they were showing us this <laughs> These things can scar you for life, really, when you see them in a different point of view. But luckily, if you're a woman who's giving birth right now, you won't actually see it because of the tummy. So you were lucky. <laughs> but then also, and this is like another strange thing, because when you learn about sex education, it just gets harder each time. And I remember when I was in secondary school, I went to a Catholic religious secondary school and it was an all-girls school as well and what made it even harder was that um 
because since science classes are really limited because of religious beliefs, um, what I learned really is just how babies are made. And then that's it. That, that's just like all we knew, like different terms and all of that. And this was really interesting because the reason why it became harder was because of the like the language terms that they're using, just like you said earlier, Victoria. And um, I've written down like the notes, really. There's complicated words that people don't understand. And <laughs> I wrote it in my notes. Um, anyway, so sorry, I'm looking away. So the, the notes I found um, that were complicated was a philosophy estrone which is kind of like a little hormone chemical and um menstruation as anyone knows that's yeah. where a woman goes through when she's having a period and it, it it's very complicated I mean it can be easy for some people but it's very complicated because you you just have to get these big words in your head and you just have to process them and that's what I found the most challenging and I wonder if it's the same case with autistic women or autistic men I think definitely language is a really really important thing from the people I spoke to a lot of people said that they didn't like when the, the language was like immature when they, they said things like willy and thing and and boobs and things like that and they found it it's embarrassing whereas if you explain it in basic terms like basic science without going into any of the really complicated words it's a lot easier to understand and a lot of the people that I spoke to kind of said oh well I used to read textbooks I used to look at pictures because I was able to process it easier so language is definitely a really important thing that's really interesting though because when you um people when you when you said um people can learn uh, through different ways through pictures and books that sounds like uh, they self-taught about um puberty and sex education and I know a few people who self-taught themselves just so they can easily process really some of them they found it like useful to understand but then some of them yeah, you don't want to go there you don't want to know really <laughs> because a lot of people would feel like that really especially boys but um it was really interesting just to like uh, know and understand really and another thing to point out is how you deal with like stuff really so something like if you're going through a period about how to use like a period pad or a tampon or a menstrual cup that's another challenge really that's something that I was never taught I was never told about different products and how to use them and I kind of wish I'd have been I'd have been told I mean my mum told me she told me like a week before I started my period. So I wasn't really prepared. And I think that is something that we need in sex ed classes, what the products are, where you can find them and how to use them. Because now there's so many different things that you can try. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. I was a little bit shocked, really, when you said that, really, because normally what schools, are, they, they should encourage everyone just to, like, explain different things. But I can remember when I was at secondary school, and um, since my secondary school also had a special um, needs um, language support department, um, I can remember, um, I, I, like, when I was at school and then back at home I was taught how to like use a pad and wear it um before I had my first period and that was 
was something that even though it was embarrassing, I did appreciate that because that was something that it helped me prepare for. And it's amazing to see so many people who are dedicated to that. But I was really shocked when you said that you didn't have that, except when your mum told you, Victoria. I mean, that must have been quite a shock. It was. I don't think, I can't remember being told about it. I'm pretty sure I wasn't, but it, it would have really helped. And I think it is an important thing. It's just like wearing a bra. No one prepares you for wearing a bra because there's so many different styles and types and sizes and all sorts, just like with sanitary products. And you're just like kind of told one day, okay, you need, you need to wear a bra. And I was really confused by that. So it's practical things that are not always thought about that should be included in kind of like the curriculum I definitely agree with that because this is like something every time I go to like a um for those of you in America it's a um oh what do they call it um pharmacy um no no actually in England in England we actually call um like medical places pharmacies and this is where you actually get the sanitary products for oh no for America drugstore that's it that's the one and this is really interesting because it's different from everywhere, but I can imagine every time you go into a shop and then get some sanitary products, and this is like basically through experiences, words are very complicated to use to process and you always tend to find that it's really confusing and you just basically don't know what to do. And if you are in a situation on your own, you're stuck and you don't know what to do and it becomes very embarrassing. There is. There's so many different brands and types and sizes and like for different flows and all sorts. And you just stood there looking at all the different colours and all the different things. And it can be really, really overwhelming. But if you had to change like anything, if you were to buy some sanitary products, Victoria, what would you change in a consumer point of view? I'd make the labelling on products clearer and simpler because there's so many they're just full of words and it's just like you don't need all that information like on the front just have a simple thing that explains what it's for rather than having all the unnecessary stuff on it that's really a good um thing to describe as well because they also have I, I i know that period pads don't have this but i know tampons have pictures and yeah. um that that was really helpful to you so if you think if um pictures can be used um for tampons would they be helpful to use on pads as well i think so yeah because i think i've never used tampons but i know they have pictures of like how you use them Whereas with pads, they don't have any real information about how you're supposed to use them. There's just a like a block of text. So definitely having pictures might be easier to kind of understand and process. I, I definitely agree with that because it, it does take time to, to adjust really. I mean, with pads, I find them really easier than tampons, but it, it's still complicated really with like the words and the text to use because it's very important that like menstruation, it's like everyone goes through it because it's a important part of a woman's life and if you have something that people don't understand then that's going to become a real issue it is definitely I at the moment I found I use period underwear it's a massive game changer and it's just it's it's great 
there's no kind of this is how you use it this is how you apply it this is what you do with it because it's just underwear that you just wear so it's a lot easier to understand and that, that's very good because I've heard about these period uh, pants but I never really tried them for myself but I've oh what was it I think from last year I heard like good feedback saying that um that they're really easier to use and loads of women find it really easier moving back to sex education because I know we talked about menstruation and periods and all the things that girls do um back to sex education um if you were to become a sex education teacher what would you change and why oh in terms of autistic pupils I would make things a lot I'd tailor things so that they suited the needs of the students so I'd find out kind of what is your understanding before I get started before I bombard you with all this information let me know what you know and then you have that kind of understanding of okay this is where we're going to start and you need to kind of keep it basic and keep checking like do you know I've told you this do you understand okay do you understand because for me I just nodded and was like yeah yeah whatever I get it I get it but I didn't really understand and check as well what is your student's preferred method of kind of teaching do they prefer like visuals do they prefer just listening to you or do they prefer kind of practicals so it's tailoring it to suit the needs like I say of the pupils so that the students are able to learn and understand it in their own way and I think doing it that way it'll be easier to process and People won't find it as uncomfortable. It's very important, really, just to um, understand those sorts of things. And I definitely agree with you, Victoria, because it's very important to know and understand. But when uh, you were talking about it, I thought to myself, what if smaller groups would be easier because of all the noises and distraction? Because as everyone knows in schools, teenagers get like a little bit giggly and a little bit silly. So would smaller groups actually help as well? think so yeah because then you've got more support off the teacher and there's less kind of less sensory stimuli less going on around you so it's more focused so I definitely think that would help I've got I know we actually wanted to continue but I've got one final question and um the final question is what do you want uh to change when it comes to sex education or puberty or anything like that what would advice would you give to someone who's listening to the podcast who's going through like an awkward stage or just like for anyone in general really what would your advice be I think I'm going to say don't be embarrassed and don't find it uncomfortable. I know it's really, really hard and ask questions. I'm the kind of person who, if I don't understand something, I will ask a question. And sometimes, especially with these kind of topics, people find it really uncomfortable. But I think it's really, really important to have these conversations, especially with like younger teens and adolescents. It's important that we say like, this is something that you should be okay to talk about don't feel uncomfortable about it I'm here if you want to talk about it kind of thing 
that makes sense <laughs> oh yeah it definitely makes sense really and um I know like with sex education and puberty it's in the women's point of view so boys I'm really sorry if we like excluded you a little bit but maybe another time we'll, we'll actually sort something out with boys but yeah it would be absolutely fantastic and the interview was absolutely amazing so Victoria thank you so much for being here today and I wish you the best of luck for the National Diversity Awards and hopefully you will win fingers crossed I got my double fingers crossed for you and that that's, that's absolutely amazing so a massive thank you to Victoria for coming on today and I will be back next month for another podcast for the Social Wave Project we're talking about loads of different diversities but not just in the autism community but all the other communities as well and I hope you have a wonderful day everybody and I will see you next month.